This show is a production of Migration Media. To learn more about us and see a complete list of our shows, visit migrationmedia.net. Hello and welcome to Pop Abroad. I'm Michelle Ibarra, your host, a California girl currently living in Shanghai, China. So you've made the leap, or maybe you're considering it. I've been living abroad for 10 years in South America, Europe, and now Asia, and I want to help you navigate the ins and outs of migrating to a new place. Season one of Pop Abroad will be all about communities, why we need them, how we can use them to get comfortable in our adopted cities, and how great community leaders make it all happen. Now, let's get poppin'. And Scott, and Scott, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Prop Abroad. Hey, how are you doing? Good. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. And um, tell us your Pop Abroad story. How did you get poppin' abroad? How did I get poppin' abroad? <laughs> well, my journey started many, many years ago now um and by the time i got to 2010 i think i've moved countries and cities 10 times and so yeah i found myself in hamburg in 2010 and i realized oh i think this is my lifestyle now i think this is just how i live (laughs) i just live country to country city to city always moving always on a journey so yeah what were you moving around for for those 10 years in 10 cities what were you doing were you what was your job um, just various things. I don't think I've ever had a proper job, to be honest. <laughs> but um, I started off, um, I was traveling for just for fun and for adventure. I was really young, like I started at 17, 18, and I would just get a backpack and buy a very cheap flight and just backpack on my own. Um, I started off in Andalusia doing that, which is actually where I am right now, back in Malaga for a week. And then I ended up in Caracas and I was there on an internship program with British Airways. And then I went back to university, back to Glasgow, realized that I couldn't live in my hometown anymore. That I'd, Not that I'd outgrown it, it's just I didn't feel I belonged there anymore. So as soon as I graduated, I left again and then I went to Palma de Mallorca. And from there, I traveled on to another few cities. I was just... Back in those days, you didn't really have the digital nomad lifestyle. You didn't really have a laptop that was light enough to carry around. So I just used to pick up odd jobs just to survive and be able to travel. Yeah, the digital nomad, hashtag digital nomad didn't exist back then. No, I think I might be one of the original ones. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense because you are the founder of Girl Gone International. So you are you are the girl, the, uh, the ultimate Girl Gone International. Ten cities in ten years, that's... That's insane. I think I'm going to international 1.0. There's been many iterations thereafter. Yeah. It has grown into something much bigger than myself. It's funny that you started traveling because you're Scottish. You started traveling in Spain and now you're back in Spain 15, almost 20 years later. Right? <laughs> it is it's, funny. It's where, your think, heart, it's where your heart is. Yeah. And it's strange. I think it's, of course, I felt at home in Glasgow. It was my home. But then I realized, oh, Home doesn't have to be where you were brought up or with the people that you were brought up with. You can kind of create a home anywhere. Um, if you feel happy, if you feel like you belong there, if you have friends, if you have a way to survive financially, you can make a home 
wherever you find yourself. And I think I first realized that in Andalusia, where I just felt, I just felt more myself than I had ever in my life. So it was almost like a homecoming to myself. And I think that's why I still come back to Spain often. And also my partner, he is um, an Andalusian. So it's kind of in a way, come full circle. Yeah, like you are marrying a Spanish guy. <laughs> so it really, it all kind of just, it all happened for a reason. Like you started there, now you're there. You're marrying yeah. Andalusian. Yeah, he, he always <laughs> jokes that I came to look for him the first time around, but he was too young. <laughs> so it's a bit, he's just a little bit younger than myself. Um, so yeah, I think and we you always... speak Spanish too. Yeah. Right. So, so you speak well, Spanish. How yeah. did you like? Did, how did, why Spanish? Why like you're Scottish? So I mean, isn't yeah. French usually the first language you you learn in Europe besides English? That's why true. did you get into Spanish? Um, because my mother actually spoke Spanish, so she was for a long time a Spanish teacher, and so at home, like growing up as kids, like those speak a little bit of Spanish at home, just learning the numbers, etc. And we had a lot of Spanish students that would come and stay with us at our family home. We had a tiny family home. <laughs> so it was like me, my three siblings, would be thrown into one room and we'd have a Spanish student come and live in the other room in this very small house. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. It was just so exotic to me. I was just fascinated by the students that would come. There were these amazing creatures from another world and I think that kind of got me just very much interested in a world outside Scotland. And obviously, I was introduced to Spanish at a young age. So when I had the opportunity to study it later, I, of course, did. I mean, I'm not brilliant. I like to think I, I speak quite good Spanish, but I'm often reminded that no matter how long you studied for or learned for or talked for, you, it, it's a nonstop journey, language learning. You're always still constantly, constantly learning. Um, but that's that totally is cool. very cool. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's very cool that your parents, your moms, mom, double moms, mm -hmm. <laughs> your, that they kind yeah. of inter they were so international. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful. And also, I think uh, my interest in Andalusia came from my grandmother. Um, so it must have been like in the 80s. She just started to, I mean, her kids were grown up and she was widowed and she started to travel and she had never had done before. And she would come back and she would look so amazing tanned and bring these, these gifts from Spain. And I was like, where is this <laughs> again? Where is this magical world <laughs> where everyone's so happy and beautiful? And so my grand kind of introduced me to the idea of travel before I even traveled with my own parents. That's what I try and do too. I have nieces and nephews, you know, some in their 20s, some, you know, my youngest is she's six now. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of instill that same like, uh, you know, you got to travel, you need to explore outside of our comfort zones, like bringing them exotic gifts and exactly. telling Just them stories from the Far East. It's really, I think it's really important, right? Because yeah. it, it does shape who you are. It, it has completely shaped you as an adult. Yeah, and I think just letting children know that it's a, a possibility, that they're not limited to the life they are living right now. I think it's an amazing gift to give a child, first of all, the gift of languages, to teach them while they're still young and their brains are still very flexible. Because as we know, it's not easy to learn a language later in life. And also to inspire them and to show them there's a huge world out there that they can explore and make them feel safe. Um, in the idea that they can go out there and explore it 
and that the world's a safe, not, I mean, the world isn't a safe place, we know this, <laughs> but um, you can travel the world safely and it's nothing to be scared of and just sowing that idea in their minds when they're young exactly. is a beautiful gift to give a child. That's the thing, like, as women, we, I mean, the whole premise of the community that you've built, Girl Gone International, it's it's for women to feel comfortable when they travel because travel alone can be quite scary. Yeah, it really truly is. And I think what's even more scary than traveling is making a new life overseas. So I think with the members of our community, yet yeah, we by either necessity or for choice, we, of course, travel. But I think what makes our community different is that we are women who've either traveled and decided to make a home somewhere. So we stop. It doesn't mean we don't travel often. We all do. But we actually relocate and we start a new life in a new country, a new city, possibly with a new language. And you're basically starting your life over again from scratch. And I think that's what our community is is, is, is that's why we exist is to support and empower each other on that journey because it is a journey journeys are not just about travel and life is a huge journey and I think with Gilgan International Community we realize that together we can go further and that's what we've built our community around is empowering each other to live anywhere belong everywhere and make a home where you are that's that is exactly why I support Asia. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I support Asia for Gogan International, and 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 I've been since since um since near the beginning since there was there was yeah. no communities in Asia in Asia when I started there were none, and when I first moved to Europe, the first time I moved to Europe it was in two thousand thirteen, and because of Anne because of you. I, I was able to make so many friends when I was traveling around. I wouldn't have been able to make friends while I was traveling if it, if it hadn't been for Girl Gone International. Exactly. And I think it's, it's just what you say is in friendship, there is a feeling of safety, of belonging, and you can empower each other and you can help each other and support each other because traveling alone, relocating overseas, it can be a very lonely, lonely journey. There is, of course, the most amazing highs in the world, but the lows are crushingly low. And it can be very, very difficult to start your life again when you're very far from friends, family, the familiar, you're operating in a foreign language, you're trying to find a home, a job, a social life. <laughs> it's extremely difficult, this journey. And with Gilgan International, like we've all been there at one point, if we're not in it right now. And so we are kind of always helping one another to 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 make friends because I think friendship is so powerful, so important, and it can change your whole entire world. It has. We have. Yeah. I mean, think when you know, when you started Girl Gone International what in two thousand and ten in Hamburg, Germany, the very first city, you started it because you and a couple girlfriends were lonely, were yeah. hanging out at a pub and you were like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is, we need to build this. We need to create right, this community exactly. and we need to spread it. Exactly. Because in Hamburg, like I've never been so lonely in my whole entire life. I think to be alone is great. You should spend time alone. It's very important to spend time alone. But there's a difference between being alone, 
choosing to be alone and not choosing to be alone to find yourself in a circumstance where you are actually socially isolated and that is not a place you want to hang out in for too long because it's de-energizing it's disempowering it's depressing and I spent many years unfortunately there (laughs) and I got to Hamburg and I realized you know what I can't keep doing this I can't keep starting my life over again I can't keep waiting a year two years to make proper friends like meaningful relationships I want to speed this up and so when I arrived at Hamburg um I was like okay (laughs) what am I supposed to do how do I find other women like me there surely has to be other women living in Hamburg um who are foreign immigrants expats travelers whatever you want to label yourself as, I was pretty sure there has to be other women like myself living there. But then how how could I meet them? And this is back in 2010 and Facebook hadn't really hit Hamburg or Germany, Europe yet. I had a little bit, but nothing of course in scale is at the moment. So I kind of had to kind of hack the system, hack the tools available on Facebook and meet up in other platforms at the time to try and find other women. And I did, I found a handful of them. And like you said, we ended up one night in a very rainy, a rainy, rainy night in Hamburg. I remember it thinking, God, why am I here? It's so cold and rainy. And then I went into the small bar and there was a few other girls there. And we just immediately just started swapping stories and laughing and talking about our experiences of living in Hamburg and the places we've been before. And it was all these like, oh my God, me too moments. And ah, yeah, I felt like that as well. And just that, just even though it was raining that night, I just felt so warm and cozy and just happy again, just having these conversations. So you had that first meeting with all those girls. And then what happened with those same girls that you were at the bar with that night? (laughs) So, yeah, I always say that Girl Get International kind of literally grew legs. So we were there together for maybe six months, a year. And then what happened, as often happens, we all start moving away. And because we've been so happy that year, you know, like we'd created this like beautiful, it was tiny community. It was a very, very small community. But but by then there was a maybe a thousand of us which is significant all these women like oh my god I don't feel alone anymore like it's not just me and so we all started hanging out and we just spent a lot of time meeting up in real life hi everyone I'm Mike Shaw and I'm butting into Michelle's interview to invite you to check out my podcast migratory patterns another show in the migration media network Each week, I talk with someone who's living outside of their place of origin to explore the complex issues of identity that come from moving abroad. For those of us who have the privilege and autonomy to do it, what drives us to move overseas? How do we adopt to our new environments? And how does moving change our notions of what home means? With over 270 million people and growing living outside of the countries of origin, how we think about the concept of home, along with things like national identity, friendship, and family, have the potential to shift cultures all around the world. So join me each week as I talk it all out with the folks who are blazing this new trail for humanity. Visit migrationmedia.net to learn more or search for Migratory Patterns wherever you get your podcasts. And tell us about Olive and the other girls you're with that night and how like kind of that them leaving, them moving kind of prompted the next few cities that started. Yeah, so, oh, this is going back quite a few years in the time. So yeah, in the first year, that guy had really grown like a really close group of friends. Um, Olive, she moved to Amsterdam and she asked me like, how can I recreate what's being created in Hamburg? I need the same thing. I need friendship. I need 
to meet other women living like me in Amsterdam, and it's been so amazing, the community in Hamburg, can we do that in Amsterdam? And another girl, Tamara, she moved back to Madrid, where she was originally from, and asked me the same question. And then I got a message on Facebook from a girl in Cape Town saying, hey, I've been hearing about Gilgan International in Hamburg, be your friends, I would love to open this in Cape Town. And so I realized, hmm, <laughs> This is not just a Hamburg-specific need. <laughs> this is actually a global need. And so I set about creating ways for women to take Gilgan International wherever in the world they were going. And so it started with Facebook groups. That was like the initial way to, to find about find out about the community, about the events. Yeah, or was it, did you use really another platform? We used um, and still do use different platforms because every city is a little bit different. So we used a combination of Facebook, but then there was no Facebook groups. Um, and that's been a later development. But we use meetup.com and various other local platforms and forums to get the message out there, help women find us, uh, create events and invite people to our events because that's really it's what's at the heart of Girlhood International is our in real life events and meetups because that's where the, the magic happens is when you bring women together into one room to share experiences and stories and that's where community kind of sparks so offline for us is very very important so yeah we're not really bothered about the platforms we use particularly we very very much use facebook and wechat across the world but we use these as platforms to and tools to help us find each other in real life in local communities and in cities that's so interesting. That's so funny that there were no Facebook groups at first when we first, when GGI oh. first started, it was Meetup. But yeah, meet, was, Meetup was the pioneer of the of, of, of meeting people in new cities. I would say so, really. They were the first, to my knowledge, the first platform that connected people with a shared interest. So, and they still do. I think there's been a lot of changes there in the company. Again, I'm not the person to speak on that. But um, yeah, it was a very good platform for us in the beginning because it would send a message to everyone on our database that would be interested potentially in our community. So it's a very good way for us to launch in a new city. It's not as powerful now for us than it was. And so we will now very much use Facebook groups, which is a product that exists now that didn't exist back in the day. <laughs> um, so back then I just used like a Facebook profile called Girlga International or whatever I called it at the time. I had a slightly different name back then. And I would just add people on as friends. And then when I had the opportunity to do so, I think I actually had no choice. I had to convert our, um, my profile into a page. That's when I did the transition, made sure that all businesses and organizations weren't using a profile, they were using a page. So I just hit the convert button and that changed into Girlga International page, which every month now organically reaches about 8 million women just be able to yeah so tell tell so talk about facebook is now one of the ggi sponsors and the growth and and i mean the growth over the past what seven years yeah i mean it's, it's massive really now amazing. yeah and um, facebook support us because we're an extremely good example of scale and scaling via volunteers and uh, we meet a social need. We have a large social impact, which is reducing social isolation amongst women and also empowering women to go anywhere, belong everywhere. So our mission with Facebook is very much 
alone. So yeah, they do give us a lot of support. Um, and yes, yeah, so we work very closely with them as well to work on the Facebook group product to constantly trial out new features, to give feedback, to show how we use this in real life to build real life communities that have a deep meaningful impact on women's lives. And so yeah, they're, they're a great partner for us to have. Why do you think Facebook is supporting online communities or online admins or uh, online pages, communities more so nowadays? Right. I know it's a huge change since they changed their mission. I can't obviously speak for Facebook, but I believe what their mission is, is to create more meaningful relationships and meaningful connections on Facebook, because that's what makes people happy. And I think obviously, like if I were Facebook, I would be worried that Facebook have been, that people have been using the platform for not the right reasons. Like it's not, it's not been adding to their lives, but what they've noticed is that Facebook groups, the communities that are built on Facebook, having a massive, massive impact, positive impact on people's life, which also means that they enjoy the Facebook experience more and they come to Facebook for a more meaningful purpose, which is to connect with others, to find friends, to get involved in local communities and, and to use Facebook and those powerful tools in a good way. Yeah, that's. I think that's why Facebook, I mean, I think it's very smart of them to have connected with the communities and the community leaders because the groups the pages that engagement is what's keeping it going it's keeping people on facebook people want to engage online but then like you said in real life is still i feel like it's still the heart of ggi it's still the heart of like why facebook chose the meaningful communities that it did because face-to-face yeah. connection is still the best way yeah, to, to connect yeah and i always talk about um making like online and offline worlds collide and i think Gilgan international is a brilliant example of how to do that and how to do it well so we have an online community but we really put our energies into our offline communities and making the two connect so that, for example, if you're in a Facebook group, you can always get support, you can get advice, you can find out what's happening in your city, you can find out about an event, if something not great happens to you. Everything and anything lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. But then fashion, food, even healthcare, which yeah. people like this is, I, I still think the hardest part of living abroad is healthcare. You know, be like me. I remember the first time I went to a Chinese hospital, living in China and having to go to a Chinese hospital and not speaking any Chinese and having to explain, you know, so you know, I have a a, a, tooth, a tooth infection or something. Wow. It was just like it was so difficult. Yeah. That and banking, banking yeah. in a, in a foreign country and healthcare in foreign countries, it's it's yes. it's only people that live there that are also foreigners can relate to that experience. Oh, I totally totally agree, and you'll find as well that experience differs widely depending on where in the world you are so i definitely agree like countries like china that's extremely extremely difficult you have so many barriers and you're very very limited and yeah i think our community is amazing at helping each other navigate these 
very, very, very difficult things. Like you say, the healthcare and banking, and I'm still feeling both those things, you know? Like I have a feeling, like I have like dental work for every country I've ever lived in and each feeling <laughs> I have comes with like a tragic tale. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not easy, it's, and it's expensive. And I think like a lot of us, we incur huge, huge, possibly avoidable expenses or worse, that we neglect our health because we don't have access to information or to services that we would do if we were back in our inverted commas home country. Exactly. Tell us, Anne, about about the growth, and and now that it's at you know over 160 cities, how are you managing all of this? I mean, everybody's a volunteer, so yeah. how is it possible for you to have the time? to do everything. I mean, what's the next step? What is the plan? How are you going to keep growing this monster? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't do it alone. <laughs> of course, there's you managing Asia. And then we actually have, I think at last time we have over 200 community managers and they all have their own teams locally as well. So the reason that we can do this. It's the women involved are phenomenal. I can never even begin to tell you how in awe I am of the community managers. Because first of all, they step up. First, they step up and they want to do this. So they're driven. They're motivated to do this. They they desperately want to offer a community to other women and help other women, which is amazing. And then they dedicate a lot of time and energy to creating community, and it's not easy to do. To start a community, to launch it, to ignite it, to grow it, to scale it, to nurture it through the years and to keep it healthy and to keep members happy is it's a big, big challenge that any community manager takes on. And we do it because, well, first of all, we're very well organized um, and we're also very, very helpful to one another. And we have amazing resources that we make available and we're constantly improving on as well so that no one has to learn from scratch you know like we just constantly learn from one another we have done this now I think we're about to hit 200 cities so we've done this 200 times taking a community from literally zero into a community of thousands and thousands with many many meaningful interactions happening and many friendships and relationships built in those communities and so yeah that's how we do it we very much a co-created movement we're very very mission driven we do it very successfully because we all share the same values we're very very driven by the same values we're all on this mission together it's very much co-created it's a brilliant example of women empowering women <laughs> and we do this over the long term so next year is our 10th birthday so we're going to do a lot of celebrations yay, yay happy birthday to us we're getting so old yeah, 10 years <laughs> 10 crazy. years in 200 cities and all yeah. by volunteers and all by passionate dedicated um women who who are, who are taking up who are using their free time to help yeah. others and these women, they're extremely, extremely intelligent, you know? They are, like, emotionally intelligent. They are academically intelligent. They are honestly the most amazing, amazing women that I could ever, ever hope to have met on this journey. And, yeah, so I think we're about 300,000 
active members per month. We are hitting 200 cities, like I said. I think together we've created at last count. It's very hard to keep the, keep count, but we were about 15,000 yeah, events. I, I mean, yeah. I can't even keep track of Asia. Yeah. Even in Asia, I'm like, oh, there's a Kuala Lumpur now. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, oh, sorry, you lost my bad. And, and, and like, I'm like, oh, it, it's hard. And Macau, Macau is starting. I mean, yeah. Asia's growing. Um, so fast. What, so is fast. The, is, what is the region that's been the most challenging? What region of the world? I think you can tell me if you're doing Asia. <laughs> I think Asia's. I mean, one. I think Asia. I think because in China we use WeChat. I think that's the challenging part. But I also find like uh, Middle East has been challenging. I think South America has been challenging too. Yeah, fr- think- from what I've what I read, what I see. But I yeah. don't know. What do you think? I mean, I'm learning the whole entire time as well to find what works in different regions. So the Gilgan International Community, the original format, works amazing in Europe. Um, You've managed to adapt it very well to China. Um, And then we are, we're doing quite well in the Middle East, but we're still learning there, definitely. And very much dependent on the women that step up. So it's not like I would ever say, oh, tomorrow I want to launch in Dubai. No, we wait for someone to step up and say, hey, I would really like to take this to Dubai because it's really on their shoulders to do it and we don't I mean nobody micromanages each other at all we just provide the resources and support and the help um, to create these communities but we don't have like a strategy to go into different cities and cultures and um, say okay we want to hit Bogota next no (laughs) we just wait and so we grow very organically very very naturally and I think that's why it works as well so yeah i think we're about 40 countries now and yeah there's a learning curve there's a huge learning curve because like you said every region and every country has different platforms to engage people to engage its its citizens its expats like there's different i mean the resources in each place and it's hard to adapt for everything fortunately facebook is in the majority of cities yeah (laughs) it's true and also the needs of members are very different per city so you were saying like um, china uh, in china it's very much healthcare and banking whereas it might be more social if it's in hamburg for example maybe it's easy to access um, healthcare but might be extremely hard to find a friend and so in, in the case as well like the members like women who've gone international that live in new york they have access to a lot of social events but so maybe their needs their experience of living overseas maybe their needs are very different and so we're constantly learning like what are the needs of you and me in a different city and how can we help each other to meet those needs how can we survive and thrive wherever we are and then we create that community and then we try together to to build it um and so yeah what works in one city (laughs) definitely doesn't mean it will work in another city so we're very, very 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 flexible and we are a genuine, true community. So it's not like we go there with a formula and go, okay, you have to do X, Y, Z to make this work because we know that's not the case. It has to be very, very fluid. Yeah, I, I definitely, I agree. I think the the women, when any any community leader, I think they have to kind of fill out where they are and they yeah. have to be, they have to self-teach how to do it exactly. and, and, and learn by, by making mistakes. Yeah, and, and also, have, great. you know, I have friends, and, and it's 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 a it's a learning curve. It's learning along the way. It's being adaptable. I think that's a huge. Yeah, and uh, I will say as well with the community, like for me, the the perfect community manager is someone who's doing this first for themselves. So they need friends. They need to start their life again. 
great because you can and we can help you do that and then you will wake up in a month two months six months and realize that the community is way bigger than you and then the nature of it changes so we very much grow the community manager grows as her community grows and so we are i like to think so i don't know if it's true but (laughs) i like to think that we support the community manager to grow so that the community grows if that makes sense so the both of them is it's a constant journey you know and at the very beginning yeah. like it's really really hard work to be a community manager it's extremely hard work and you have to be very dedicated but if you're doing it right it should get easier with time because the community yeah. members should be and, stepping and up and doing it themselves to being an active part exactly yes. and i think that the nice thing is that we there is that support network within the community managers as well the newer ones and the older ones and they help each yeah. other. I love and, it. And not only that, but like for for me too, like when I started, I was first, the, you know, the first part is like, okay, we'll organize event. Then you have to make a flyer. Then you have to host the event. Then you mm. need to talk to, you know, then you need to make sure that everything's okay with the venue. There's a lot of moving parts. There and are. then okay, <laughs> now you have a community and you have a thousand women a thousand people in the community and now you're like oh no now you need to build a team that's the next step and that's how to work with other how to work with other people how to you know uh, negotiate at events how to uh, collaborate how to make partnerships then it turns into media like it's a step-by-step process that not only are we managing communities, but we're also learning, you know, we're becoming leaders in a, in a completely different way. Oh, I so agree that really, really, I love that you say that because it's so true. It's like you come on this journey and you're just looking for some friends. And after a year, after two years, you're like, wait, what? I'm like, your leadership skills are incredible by that point. Because like you said, you've learned all this and you're constantly doing it. And you're not just learning it academically. You were living it. You were breathing it. You were practicing it. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's why our community is so amazing because we are run by uh, over 200 amazing women leaders like yourself and <laughs> honestly like such an amazing community built by volunteers yeah. and and it and it's built on like like you said mission driven 100 percent. it's about the ethos it's about the women helping women to move abroad to feel comfortable wherever they live yeah. and we need to we need to these amazing empowered women all over the world because like i really feel the future all of our futures depend on it we need to be helping each other relocate get into these countries get into these positions of power decision making we need to be skilled up we need to be in positions of leadership uh because women in those positions do better (laughs) we know this even obama said i think it's a couple of weeks ago is that we need more women leaders and i feel like government international is a space where people could come to and become they learn how to be good leaders you know, um, and they feel themselves the power of women helping women and the impact you can have on your community is is incredible. It's not just your local GGI community, it's your the city that you live in. You start to realize, well, I'm making a change in the city I'm living in. And then you spread that further, like, well, I'm making an impact on the country that I'm living in. And then once you've done that, you can think, well, I can make an impact anywhere and in any area that I wish to do so. Yeah, it, it, it extremely like confidence, it, it will help women on multiple levels it just it really has it really does i've seen it in 
the the teams that I've you know that I've helped grow over the years that I've talked to it's 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 really really important for women like you said to be supporting each other and to be helping each other grow as individuals and to be and to be lifting each other up yeah I totally agree I think a lot of us come from backgrounds where we were educated almost on the opposite that you were to fear other women that we were competitive that you shouldn't help one another because there was not enough to go around everyone so it's almost like a re-education you kind of come in and you realize what you can achieve what you can do for yourself and for others by collaborating with other women by genuinely getting behind them and lifting them up and you can really go so much further together and i think that's what ggi what our community proves it is 200 cities and growing for those ladies who if there aren't, if there is no Girl Gun International in your city, reach out to Anne, of course, and we'll Thank help you. you get started. That's what we're here for. But I mean, realistically, two hundred cities—it's a lot to manage. I mean, it's it's more than a full time job, like you said. It's it takes hundreds. It's to, it's a village of women, you know, creating is. communities for other women. But yeah. what? So what's the plan for scaling? for getting even bigger because I mean there are hundreds more cities to to grow to to grow in so the last like six months um so again it's it's a learning journey for me you know that I realize as we grow bigger I kind of need to my, my role has to change and develop as well so I'm talking about community managers growing as a community grows that applies to me too and so that's a bit of a transition for myself as well and realizing okay so now I have to step into a kind of slightly different role and whereas I have to lead more visibly from the front and then pass over the baton really to other women that are better at the organization the day-to-day to the community manager leadership they're better than me um, and who've got the time and the energy for it that I no longer really have because of course my interests have changed and I, will, I have a bigger vision for GGI as well and so one of the best things I've done this year is to pass a lot of responsibility over to an appointed global community manager, which is Violet, who you know. <laughs> um, and she's brilliant at the day-to-day. You know, she's brilliant keeping everything organized, um, which is very, very, very important as we grow in order to scale. And then we have you in Asia. We'll see where you go next and where you'll take GGI next. Um, and so, yeah, it's like sharing that responsibility more, collaborating with each other more, like upping the communication between all of us as well because we are global so we could easily become very fragmented but we haven't we no matter where we are in the world we're very very close to one another so i want to keep creating opportunities for all of us community managers to come together and spend time together because it's the most powerful beautiful experience ever when you get like 20 of us in a room together it kind of fuels us up to go further um, we were recently in and you've been doing the summits. GGI yeah. has been doing the community manager summits too to bring together so the community here. managers, yeah, which I just so attended long. in Hong Kong. Yeah, I know. I was so happy that you came. It's been so many, how many years was it since we'd seen each other? Like, yeah, it had been, I think, since I, the last time I saw you was in Mallorca a couple of years ago, two years ago. Yeah, okay, it wasn't so and long. so, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was a nice way to put faces to right. all the to all the managers yeah. in in Asia just in general for me too because I I talked to so many of the girls I mean a lot of the girls I have talked to and especially like when you work remotely or you you're 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 building cross border teams you don't meet them in person so it it was really important I think when scaling a community a global community to to engage the managers too because wow, they connect yeah. on a different level than exactly. the community members 
Exactly. And so again, it, for me, it was like making friends with them, you know, like in real life. Like it's what we practice locally, we need to practice amongst ourselves globally. So coming together, like really just spending time together, enjoying each other's company, like having fun, like doing silly shit. <laughs> like what we were doing, like going on the boat and having fun, like really just yeah. making friends, you know? Because again, that power, there's so much power in friendship. And to offer each other that kind of friendship and support, that's how we grow, that's how we scale. Like people ask me, like, what's your magic formula? Yeah, I can break it down for you academically, I can create slides, I can create a handbook, I can create a training course. It really, really comes down to these relationships that we all have between each other and our shared mission, definitely. Keeping those off offline relationships going, I think that's the, the, the core of so many communities that I've talked to this season is that yeah. Not only do they engage online and, and and help people support and grow, you know, personally and professionally, but they that offline element is so so key. Yeah, and it's something we've lost. This community, this feeling of community, this sense of belonging, which is so important to every single human being on the planet, it has been eroded over the last. I don't know. I'm no uh, expert on these things, but it's been eroded over the last few years, especially so with digital technology as it is. It's making us more lonely, more isolated, and so instead of letting that continue, we're turning it around and we're using like digital, like uh, the, the technology that's there, these platforms that are there to create community instead of erode it and destroy it. We're kind of. I love this period that we're in where people are starting to show one another, hey, look what I've done with uh, this tool or this tech or this platform. Look what you can do. Look what you can create for one another. Look at the relationships you can build. Um, look how this translates into real life. Look how this can improve your life instead of just sitting at home on your sofa with your mobile phone, <laughs> you know, like isolated. So that's what I love yeah. about the era that we're in right now is that you can create communities online that have a huge impact offline on everyone's day-to-day quality of life. I know for a fact that so many of the communities that I've spoken to, they've really changed people's lives. That they yeah. that the communities are the reason people feel comfortable and feel and feel at home wherever they are. Exactly. Home is like you said, it's home is wherever they are, as long as they can connect with people offline in person in real life and and make and build those friendships and even in in in, with the business communities i've talked about entrepreneur communities they all they've said you know it's about the offline it's about first and foremost first and foremost being a friend to that person getting to know them on a real level because once you know somebody you're so much more you feel so much more inclined to want to help them to want them to want them to be successful exactly it's so incredibly true it's so because all i want is for other women to feel safe and happy wherever they are i want to support them in whatever they're doing and it's true that you can motivate it to do that if you have a, a meaningful connection and relationship with them so it's true i love that that translates as well into these business entrepreneurial communities as well because i would say like because we, we're not for profit we don't make any money off ggi because i don't want to I think money would murky the waters and I also want to make sure that everyone in the community looks at each other as a potential friend, not as a potential customer. And I really think that the best kind of networking, if you are in the business world, great. If you are an entrepreneur, fantastic. I completely support that because of course I'm one (laughs) too, but what I've learned over time is that the best kind of networking is via authentic relationships and via friendships because you would rather do business with a friend. You would rather give your money to someone that's 
helped you in the past you want to promote them amongst your other community or your family or friends because you want to see them successful because they mean a lot to you and so that's real networking that's real deep long-term networking so i always say to people like don't worry about your business networking <laughs> like don't come to ggi for business yeah. networking. come to ggi events go to the events and meet and be yourself and connect yeah. and talk about your life talk about your past talk about what you do but don't go and try and sell stuff because no. people, everybody can see through that. It's not, it's not the way to go. Even in business, that's not how you go about things. So really definitely, I, I love that GGI because it's volunteer led, because it's nonprofit. The, the reason girls, women should be going is to make friends and to, to feel comfortable in their yeah. adopted city. Absolutely. How do people connect with Girl Gone International? Because, I mean, GGI has a lot of platforms. So what are the <laughs> platforms to find the communities? I would say the probably the fastest one, if you want to find it locally, is I would go to girlgoneinternational.com. And in there, we have a map with links. So you just click on the link on your city, and that will take you to whatever platform we are most active on. And you can connect there. You can read about the GGI story on that website and also find links to our magazine, which is there. And um, you can also find that at girlgi, so G-I-R-L-G-I.com. Um, you can find our magazines there, which celebrate women living overseas, the movements, communities, projects, businesses have created. Um, while living far from where they started and Facebook of course our Facebook page Girl Good International um, we post there a lot during the day and um, silly kind of memes as well as amazing links stuff to inspire you to go overseas and how to survive and thrive once you're there and yeah just maybe do a wee google search <laughs> yeah Facebook Instagram girlgoodinternational.com Spotify, they're, <laughs> we're everywhere. Just, just Google search. <laughs> we're literally everywhere on the ground, and we're literally everywhere online. Absolutely, and and if you want to start a community, we have the handbook. <laughs> no, yeah. We will help you step by step. It's exactly. a process, but yeah, it, it's it, definitely a journey. There should be a community in every city. Oh, that is the goal thing. for sure. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely the goal. That within the next five to ten years that will be in every city or at least have an ambassador there so that you can go anywhere in the world and you can find someone. Amazing. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank, thank you for joining Pop Abroad. Yeah, thank you for you for taking Gurgan International all over Asia and supporting literally hundreds of thousands of women. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining in and hope you start popping abroad soon. If you want to learn more about the community mentioned, info will be in the show notes. Want to connect? Know a global community that's helping expats live their best lives? Let me know. Find me at Pop Abroad on Instagram. Pop Abroad is proudly a part of the Migration Media Network, where we share with you the stories of the migration experience. Check us out at migrationmedia.net for all of our shows. This has been a Migration Media production. To learn more about the lives of international migrants and see our lineup of shows, visit us at migrationmedia.net or look for us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.